This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. You're listening to the Hunting Land Man podcast. This is Slade Priest, your host, the Hunting Land Man. Rack buck down here on opening day. If you're interested in rack bucks and real estate and everything that has to do with hunting property, this is the podcast for you. Well, el- welcome to episode six of the Hunting Land Man podcast. We were almost in a rain delay for a little while. We got a heavy rain here uh, in southwest Mississippi. We're recording this on the last day of March. Turkey season has been started for two days. Before we get too far, though, we want to thank our sponsor, Southern Ag Credit. They take such good care of us. They're doing a couple of deals for us right now. And uh, they do deals for us personally and deals for our clients. And we want to thank them for being the sponsor of the Hunt Land Man podcast and always taking good care of our clients. <clears throat> like I said, this is the last day of March. Turkey season here in the South, uh, in Mississippi has been open almost two, well, a little over two weeks. And Louisiana starts on Friday. Uh, we definitely will be hunting Louisiana on Friday. I've killed two turkeys and... Um, filmed another one die had a lot of good close encounters and it's been a really good turkey season can't complain for the level of activity we fool with birds every day and been blessed to be on some good properties and with some good friends um i got new ryan behind the camera today and he'll laugh at this next thing we are literally at 25 jakes and i'm probably on the low end on counting but i know for a fact we've called in 25 jakes um that's good and bad one, it's got a lot of our long beards shut up, and they're not gobbling a lot. Two, uh, we're going to have a really good year next year because there's going to be a bunch of screaming two-year-olds. But literally every time it seems like a hard gobbling turkey, he comes around the bend, it's a wad of jakes or a jake. And uh, the long beards we've seen in and around those jakes are either being silent or being ran off by uh, the jakes. So it's been a, a little tough if you yelp and one's gobbling hard a lot of times right now he is a jake so it's been a little tough to deal with and i think it's been kind of the common thing here in southwest mississippi which is really good means we had a good hatch last year but uh one thing we really you know as far as turkey season thus far is 
the weather. Oh my goodness. It's just been a it is it has been a doozy as far as the weather. It's raining right now. We did have a little break in the weather this morning. We hunted, didn't hear a lot. But uh, we've gotten very few mornings where you said, this is a turkey gobbling, turkey killing kind of morning. You can probably hear the rain on the uh, on the tin roof outside right now. And hey, if you hear it, it'll be all right. It, uh, make it, may, hopefully you won't go to sleep in the rain. It makes me want to go to sleep. But um been a great season. Uh, my buddy Ryan Wascom has killed two uh craig has been with us several times craig should have shot what twice of the day uh we had turkeys within 60 yards twice long beards and uh didn't get it done <clears throat> but uh one of them was really a little too far and the other one uh he actually didn't have a shot it was actually the turkey that Berko spooked open today and i'll kind of take you through some of our better hunts uh as kind of a turkey season update thus far um you know opening day we roosted a turkey that night Turkey Steps in a Field. If you saw the episode, if you hadn't seen the episode, they're all available on Realtree 365. You can look on any of my social media. You can find them. Uh, turkey Steps in the Field, opening day. Berica moved a little bit on his camera. Turkey eases off, and 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 that turkey is still out there gobbling. We actually hunted him this morning but did not hear him. Uh, we also called in that turkey, what, uh, month? For last Friday, yeah, last Friday we called in that turkey, and he basically did the same thing. We were set up better, but he had to take one step to the right to get shot, and he didn't, and he walked off gobbling, and uh, Ryan and I heard him yesterday, so he is still out there gobbling. But um, let me see. The first turkey I killed, which would have been on the second episode of Turkey Season, is um, tur- the turkey that we were just speaking of. We actually followed him gobbling. seemed like he was with some hens all morning, Got down there, and we then we heard two turkeys gobble and a Jake. <clears throat> well, Bear Cub can hear drumming just so good, a lot better than I can. He can hear drumming very good, always has that. It really helps in the turkey woods. And he kept telling me, Slay, that turkey is drumming. He's burning it up right there, right there, right there. And I just couldn't hear him. I finally said, You hearing things? And so I grabbed my, um, I grabbed my little gobble call out and I gobbled. And sure enough, he gobbled back at me. I called and he gobbled. And it wasn't two or three minutes. There he came. Uh, New Ryan and Barracuda were behind the camera. Uh, Turkey played the game pretty good, but it wasn't just absolutely gorgeous footage, but pretty good. And we got that first kill out the way. Um, We move up to the second week of turkey season. Uh, That sort of been late last week. And uh, kind of a nasty morning, but I did roost a turkey. And uh, Craig came up and filmed. And um, <clears throat> we had an exceptional hunt. It broke daylight, and they were gobbling early and gobbling often. It was a pile of jakes and two big long beards. Jakes pitched down on the ridge and come out to this cutter we were set up in. We had a Jake decoy and a hen decoy set up. And, you know, the way we set up for filming, we our goal is to always cameraman, hunter, and then decoy. So we try to do it over the shoulder. It's just our goal. Uh, you know, it makes it harder to kill turkeys sometimes trying to get beautiful footage, but hey, it's it's what we like to do. Uh, anyway, the Jakes come up there, they pitch down, they come up to the decoy, and uh, they're just beating it and fighting it the way Jakes do. It was two of them. And then here come the Longbeards. Sure enough, they come and they come, in, and one of them is just, he's just a big old wop-headed turkey. Actually, not the turkey I kill. Well, the turkeys get up there, and as the Jakes beat up the decoy, they kind of uh, they kind of went around us a little bit or tried to, and I had to swing to my left, and I shoot left-handed. So I said, Craig, are you on him? He said, yeah, because I knew when I committed to swing 
that, you know, it was shoot or they're going to spook them. So I committed to swinging and shooting and shooting some more. It took me several shots to get the turkey, which you'll see that episode will be out next. Um, it was a it was a great hunt. Took me a couple of shots to get him and a really good turkey. Turkey had almost an inch and a quarter spurs, just a really good turkey. But the big wop headed turkey is still out there. Been getting some pictures of him running around on that place, but uh, we hadn't been back out there hunting. Uh, that was a great hunt. We've had several close encounters. We called up a bunch. Of, my little boy Bentley got to hunt with us this week, so we had real fun. He didn't want to shoot. He wanted to just go with Daddy, which is fine. And uh, he had a really good time and couldn't wait to go the second morning, which made my heart smile a little bit. And uh, we called in a bunch of Jakes one day. Um, then we got on the big turkey and didn't get him killed. And yesterday we didn't, we didn't do a whole, whole lot. So, like I said, we've had a blessed, blessed turkey season. Um the weather's been the been tough. The turkeys, the the pro, I guess if, if there has been any problems, the turkeys, the jakes, and the big turkeys uh, that are gobbling and ruling the roost, they are hinned up right now, as they typically are in March. But we're seeing it seem to we're seeing some lone hens roosting by themselves, being by themselves midday. So that I'm sure the hens are nesting, and the turkeys should get easier to kill if you don't educate them too much in the meantime. <clears throat> Now, uh, we will hunt around here in the morning. It's supposed to be real pretty again. We're going to hunt around here, hopefully get number three down for uh, my season and then get New Ryan uh, started on his Friday. We're going to hunt Craig and myself and New Ryan. We're going to hunt down in Louisiana. we got a couple different spots we'll be hunting all over the parishes of Louisiana. I've actually never killed a Louisiana turkey, so I'm going to definitely try to do that this year. I've been part of dozens of kills just Never pulled the trigger on one, usually just filming and calling them for other people. Um, you know, real estate market's still been good. I kind of want to give y'all, this is kind of a shorter podcast. We were supposed to have on Ryan Wascom today, but he's built, busy building metal buildings a day, and uh, he couldn't make it up here. So we just kind of want to give y'all an update about everything going on with the Hunt and Landman team. And so uh, as far as real estate, we've got some really cool new listings. One that comes to mind that we just got the 246 acres known as Sawtooth in Tinsall Parish. And yeah, I said Tinsall Parish, you know, one of the top parishes in Louisiana for big bucks and ducks. And this place is fine. If you're looking at that listing, you say, ah, oh, that price seems a little high. I promise you, come see it. The camp is unbelievable. Uh, it, I mean, it has cypress on the wall in the skinning room. It is legit. Big cooking area, fireplace, outdoor area, pond right by the camp, uh, box stands and food plots and feeders, and it's just cool. Two duck blinds. <clears throat> Every time we go out there, we see a bunch of ducks, and it's even got potential to make the duck holes even better. So it's a really cool property. Uh, we did just list a huge house in St. Francisville uh, with Lizzie Benzer down there with the Red Door Group uh, house on 12 acres. Not something we typically do, but uh, we had some clients that really wanted us to use our system to do that. So we teamed up with Lizzie, and uh, we're tag-teaming that thing, and hopefully we can get it sold soon. Um, we've got some really good listings right now. I was going to grab my phone and, and kind of go through some of those. Uh, we had a little 76-acre listing that uh, in Smithdale with the home on it. That thing didn't last any time. We've already closed on that. We've got a couple of big listings we're about to be putting on the market that we're going to be splitting up, working on some final paperwork, some final thoughts from the owners on that. Uh, but we're getting there. That Some of that stuff's going to be up in Claiborne County, and some's going to be in Wilkeson County. So super excited about those big listings. Um, let me see here. Uh, some of our, oh, we did put up, uh, the 63 and a half acres in Kapai with a cabin. Really nice track. That cabin is unbelievable. Guys, if you want to get your wife up to the hunting camp, 
this camp can do it. This cabin, it's a great place to sit on a rainy day like this, watch turkeys in the front yard. It's even got a white turkey on it. I actually saw three white turkeys on it a couple of years ago. Uh, good deer on in a really good area. Um, of course, all our shares at Southside, if, you, if you're not familiar with that, we've got some really cool uh, shares at Southside. Best bang for your buck out there is some of the shares between that or Diamond Island that we have. Uh, you know, it's a great, great way to enter the market without having spending a million bucks, but getting to hunt millions of dollars worth of land. So it's it's a really cool thing. And if you have any questions about the share clubs across the state, even if we don't have them listed, call me, at, you know, one day or, or hit me up on social media and, and we'll talk about them. You know, share clubs are a safe investment. They're a great investment. Do they have their negatives? Of course, but they also have their positives. In fact, so one, day, one day we'll um, we'll do a podcast exclusively on share clubs and what they mean. Um, just a quick tidbit on that is, all right, let's take um, let's take the south side listings. Uh, you know, those listings are around four hundred thousand dollars. You know, I can in Southwest Mississippi, I can sell you what. 200 acres, you know, for $400,000, maybe 250 acres, you know, depending on the place. Or you could hunt Southside, 4,200 acres, have your own camp, duck hunting, deer hunting, hills and bottoms. And I promise you, if you're any kind of hunter, you can kill all the deer and all the turkeys and all the ducks you want right there on Southside. Or uh, Diamond Island is more of a deer hunting club with some duck hunting that we have on the Mississippi River. Really nice camp up by Vicksburg. Both of those are great options. Um, we've got we've got a lot of, a lot of good options. We got we got stuff that hits every price point as far as listings right now. We've got some good stuff up in Warren County. We got that three hundred forty five acres. You want a big buck paradise, man? That sucker is good. Um, one of our listings that that has had so much activity, I'm just surprised it hadn't sold. Is uh, the 500, 500 uh, excuse me, 493 acres there in Woodville, Lower Woodville Road. Look, duck deer combo, great deer hunting. They've killed up to 157 on it, and and it's just a great area for deer. I've killed turkeys right on the neighboring property, and uh, it's got some beautiful duck holes on it. Really has a little bit of everything. Buffalo River frontage, a beautiful creek. Year round, year round place and price right to sell. So uh, you need to check that four ninety three out in Wilkeson County. Um, something, you know, as far as the market goes, um, the market's hot. You know, last year was an unbelievable year. We set all kinds of records personally and with the company, um, and with with United Country in general. <clears throat> we sold more hunting properties than it's probably ever been sold with the company. I'm, I'm pretty confident in saying that. Um. The market continues to do good, even though 2020 was unbelievable. 2021, we're on pace to smoke it. Uh, that's a lot to help of of my team. New Ryan and Lori have been working hard, and we've been uh, we've been rocking and rolling since what Ryan way before daylight till dark every day during turkey season. But uh, we still get our work done, even though we turkey hunt every morning or every morning that looks decent. But um, you know, I feel like things you know, will continue to, to be good as long as the interest rates are good. Uh, I think that people in general are looking at, this, you know, the, what's going on in Washington and the uh, ups and downs of that and the market and saying, you know, land's a safe investment. Hey, even through the Obama years, when the rest of the real estate market went down here in our area, recreational land, you know, it continued to rise. Not as fast as it is here lately, but it continued to rise. So it's always a safe investment. 
and I'm easy to speak on this because I got almost every dollar I ever had either in this house or on a piece of land. So, I mean, it's, I, I'm practicing what I'm preaching, you know. I know land. Hey, the thing about that stock market, nothing wrong with it, but if you, you know, it's just a number on a piece of paper. You know, we're all going to go uh, see the Lord one day, and in the meantime, we got a lot of living to do, and if you can have a good investment in a piece of land, I mean, I've never heard of anybody that ever caught a fish or killed a deer on their stock portfolio. You know, I mean, look, it, it's great. You're making six, seven, eight percent, whatever you make in it. Uh, but if I can do you real close to that and land and be a safer investment, I'll take deer and turkeys all day over numbers on a piece of paper. And I, I know my financial advisors out there listening to that are saying, oh, I can do better than that. Slate. Well, hey, you sell what you sell. I sell what I sell. But I love uh, I love land and I practice what I preach and my family does, too. Um, I, like I said, I, I think the market is going to continue to do good. Um, if you're interested in buying a track like now, I'm buying a track right now. I've been saying this and will continue preaching it. If you make an offer, make a good, strong offer and, and, and get up here fast. If you see some things are selling fast, we, y'all don't even know this cause we hadn't posted or anything. We listed 107 acres in East Feliciana and we sold it before everyone on the market had two full asking price offers, sold it for over asking price. That's the way things are moving right now. So if you see something you like, um, you definitely want to, you know, want to get up here and look at it fast, make a good offer fast. Um, speaking of doing things fast, if y'all are interested in, hey, okay, Slade, how can I be more involved in getting on a list somewhere uh, how can how can i find out about new properties coming on and things like that we have a land list Lori sends out about two emails a month so we're not aggravating you too much it talks about what's going on in the market hey new podcast new videos reminding you to pay your taxes on land anything and everything going on in our world is real estate it's on there if you think you should be on there like maybe you've talked to me plenty of times sent me your email address check your spam folder very likely it's in there it happens all the time but uh, if you you know if you're on that land list, you'll find out about things as soon as it goes on the market. All right, I got a request for this next part of this podcast. Somebody said, "Listen, uh, I love the podcast. I'm interested in land, but I know I can't buy soon. I'm just educating myself." But I, they loved the last podcast talking about turkey season. They said, "You know something? I'd really like to hear. I'd like to hear uh, go through your vest, the things uh, that are in your turkey vest. So we're going we're gonna to do that. I was going to do it with Ryan. I'll do it with mine. I may do it with Ryan whenever uh, he comes on the podcast one day. So I'm going to grab my vest and we'll start working through it. Well, everybody's got, <clears throat> everybody's got plenty of calls, and, and, and I'm no different. Actually, I probably got less calls than most people. 99% of the time, you're going to see me with a mouth call in my mouth, I mean, I keep a slate and I've got plenty of boxes and stuff like that. But 99% of the time, I'm going to have a variety of mouth calls. And that's what I'm going to call with. Um, something else that's, that's on the other side. If I had it on, I could tell you everything was a little better. So, something that y'all, if you watched episode 2 of Turkey Season 1, I killed a turkey. I had... Uh, this is actually a, a Flexstone Thunder Cutter. I gobble it. They make a gobble too, but I, you know, I gobble with it. We're currently not working with any call sponsors, so I can talk about whatever I want. And look, listen, y'all, I'll give you a little insider tip with turkeys, hunters who are on TV. We all like the call companies we work with. Every one of them I've ever worked with, I like their calls. But if you think me or any other turkey hunter doesn't have 
some either type of custom call or something their best that has worked with in the past, you're just fooling yourself, especially with mouth calls because there's there's just certain things you know like I've got like I've got some Flexstone in here that I I use for a lot of softer stuff. I've got some ones Eddie Salter made me that I can really reach out there. It doesn't sound quite as good, but I can get loud and I can cut hard on it. So, you know, to each their own and what you're trying to do. And um, some days just some of them sound better to us. Uh, but I really like this uh, Thunder. This It's actually a Thunder Cutter. I've uh, been gobbling. Me and Uncle Rusty used it for years. Um, I actually started gobbling turkeys a lot more when I started hunting with Blake DeBall. And, people, you know, I know the old school, oh, I can't believe you gobble at a turkey. How many times have you ever been sitting in the woods, two turkeys go to goblin, and then they're all of a sudden together? So why why can't you make that happen? And, you know, a lot of people say, well, I've got a gobble tube I shape, which do good. Uh, but, you know, it's the last thing I pull out of my mess. It's definitely not the last thing for me. If that turkey just won't break or, or, or won't gobble much or, or just whatever the case, I will definitely gobble at them. Um, I'm gonna hit this. I'm gonna back up from the mic and hit this thing just so y'all can hear it. If you've never heard me use it, it's it, it's a good little call. And yeah, you gotta you gotta imagine this thing being 200 yards from a turkey. You know, it just sounds like a Jake down there gobble, gobbling, and uh, it definitely worked. And it worked on the first turkey I killed this year. So if you don't have some way to gobble, I would definitely put one in your best. All right, Ryan, Ryan knows what uh, one of the new things I just put in my vest. I've had, um, we all, you know, with TV, we have to set up a little bit different. We're hiding more people and, and uh, more people and things like that in the turkey woods. A pair of snippers. These are actually steel snippers, so they're high end. You can make you a little blind with those fresh green, green leaves right now. And if you need to cuddle those something as, as opposed to a saw, these are so quiet, like zero noise, just trim things up. Really, really like that. And you can cut your turkey feet off if you kill a big big spurred, big spurred turkey, too. All right, of course, everybody, I got a variety of masks in here, you know, in case you forget one. You got the other one, and I got a beanie in here on those cold mornings, early season hunting. Let's see what else we got in here. I'll probably find stuff in here I didn't know. I got some shells, you know, if, you, if you're like me and sometimes you have to send more than one down range, you want to have plenty of shells. So I got actually a little low on shells. I'm going to have to load back up. Um, decoy steak, you know, for my decoy, of course, I've got, I'm running a Tenzing uh, vest right now, lightweight, just easy, easy to get the uh, seat down. And, and I'm just... I'm an extreme, I move a lot turkey hunting as far as moving on turkeys and crawling and stuff like that. So I like everything I do to be lightweight. Hey, Uncle Rusty, he had a big old heavy vest because he wasn't moving near as much as me and to each their own. All right. What am I looking for? All right, my slate. Let's see what we're running today. Oh, I did not mean to do this, but this is going to be a little sponsor plug right here. All right, this little um, decoy, I mean, this little uh, slate call holder I've actually had for about 22 years. My buddy Kyle Hicks gave it to me when he used to work for Hunter Specialist. The call, I'm at, the slate call I'm running is a uh, Southern Ag Credit slate call. Austin Bean dropped this off for me at the office. Sponsor plug. Thank you, Austin. And um, it's actually a T3 call, but... Uh, 
I run. I've got plenty. I've got some American Strutter. I really like their stuff. I, I've used the Flexstone stuff plenty. I've got some American Strutter uh, slates that I use also. But like I said, ninety nine percent of the time, you're gonna see me with a mouth call ninety nine percent of the time. Now look, I wish I could run. I think I can run a two-call pretty good. I hadn't found one that I feel confident enough to bring in the woods and replace my mouth calls, but I like a tube call. You can gobble on it. You can yelp on it real sweet and soft and get out there loud, too. I know Cush Strickland uses those a lot. I've hunted with a lot of people that use them a lot, and I like a tube call. Uh, something that I don't have in this vest, actually, because I left it by a tree somewhere, we have a lot of resident geese. I keep a. I usually keep a goose call in my vest. Like if you're trying to locate a turkey in an area where you got resident Canadian geese, I mean it's very. You know, if you don't think you need to be hooting late morning and you just want something to see if you make gobble, I've had it work a lot. So, um, just a kind of a different thing that I put in my vest. Um, I usually keep a box call in the truck. So if we're stopping on the buggy, if we're stopping on roads, I'm trying to reach out there and touch them. Actually, I. You know, Lynch turkey calls started here in Liberty, Mississippi, and I had a 1965 Lynch that Uncle Rusty gave me that I always had in my vest, and I sat on it and broke the edge of it. I still got it, but uh, kind of quit packing uh, packing uh, box calls after that. But, of course, I, I love a box. And, look, everybody's got things that they, they run, they like more, and to each their own. If they sound good and you can yelp a turkey up with it, so be it. But, um that's just some of the things I keep in my vest. So nothing out of the ordinary. I mean, the goose call would have been a little out of the ordinary, but probably a lot less than most people keep in their vest. I just, I mean, honestly, I could put a mouth call. If if, if I'm going extremely mobile and I'm taking my vest off and doing like that, I'm putting a mouth call in my pocket and my gobble tube in my pocket and putting my face mask around my neck and uh, we're grabbing a shotgun and going hunting. Uh, we, we're typically, uh, as far as decoys and things like that, usually we put out a single Jake, uh, just packing around one decoy and, uh, you know, they just get that aggressive response when they see that Jake. Now I'm going to put a big asterisk on that. When you've got as many Jakes as we've got running around this season, chasing longbeards, we're not putting out Jakes. So something to think about if you're hunting around Southwest Mississippi, Louisiana, Feliciana is where we're hunting. We have a lot of Jakes this year. So if you typically put out a Jake, maybe want to test the water a little bit and just put out a hen because I'm telling you, the when a longbeard sees a jake right now, he goes to running because there's usually a wad of the wolf pack of jakes running him off. So, uh, you know, that we hadn't been using the strutters and, and the jake decoys as much, usually just a hen decoy, and, um, you know, they work real good. And I know some people listen to the podcast, oh, you're a rookie using decoys. Look, to each their own. If you want to, you know, if you want to slip up on one and kill them, as long as you're doing it legal and ethical, let's all just stand together as hunters and say, okay, that's fine. You know, uh, you know, I mean, if you're sitting over a corn pile hunting them, I, I don't agree with it and it's not legal. So I can say, you know, I just, I just think I have way too much respect for a turkey to kill one sitting over some chops and things like that. If you want to feed on your place to keep turkeys there year round and stake 200 yards from it or whatever, hey, that's that's your own. And I know you got to do that in Louisiana. I think it's Mississippi. It's either 100 or 200 yards that you got to stay away from it. So um, everybody stay safe and stay legal out there. And, hey, if you want to slip up on turkeys, I honestly, if a turkey – is out there and been gobbling all morning. You've been trying to call him in, and then you got a Mohican sneaking on him. To me, that takes more woodsmanship than yelping three times and one come running down the ridge. I, I mean, some of my best hunts ever is, you know, me and any of my buddies, you know, like <clears throat> me and Blake Duvall, we've killed 
dozens of turkeys together. It's probably scary the number of turkeys we've killed together. And I've seen Blake crawl up on a many of them. You know, I go turkey hunting not to impress anybody. I go turkey hunting to kill turkeys. I love turkey hunting. And if I've given him every opportunity to come in, I'm going to do what it takes to kill him. Now, I ain't going to do nothing illegal, you know, and all that kind of thing, but I'm going to do what it, so if it takes dropping down the ridge and slipping on and then getting right up there and, and yelping and making him come, I'm going to do what it takes to kill him. Now, the camera saves a lot of their lives because we can't do a lot of that and get it on video, but sometimes they just have to die on video or not. Now, thankfully, this year we've gotten pretty much everything on camera, and uh, hopefully we continue to do that, but it's been a blessed turkey season. Uh, I'll we're going to kind of end the podcast. Now I got to go to a showing in Natchez, really nice place, woodwind 70 acres and a beautiful camp, got turkeys on it. In fact, you know, I may bring my turkey stuff. I guess I, I guess I better ask a landowner so I'm legal, but um we're going to go show that this afternoon. I don't need to ask myself the 100 million dollar question because uh we've already done that on here, but um Thank y'all for listening, uh, and thanks Southern Ag Credit for being a sponsor of this thing. We can, I just wanted to give you an update of everything going on with Hunting Landman podcast. We're gonna be getting the uh, we're gonna be getting the guests back on. We're gonna have Ryan Wascom on. Ryan is as good a turkey hunter as there is in the country. Extremely good turkey caller. He's already killed two turkeys. I'll let him tell those stories. Louisiana starts Friday. Um, not sure if we're doing the only traveling I think I'm doing uh, mainly because we're so busy with real estate and we're working so hard for our clients and got a baby going to be here in six weeks. My little boy's going to be here in six weeks. So, um, got to help mom as much as we can and get ready for that. Now I am going to go to Missouri and Iowa the last week of April. Yeah, last week of April, I got to go up there. We're selling our land, Ryan and I have in Missouri. Uh, Ryan and I are going to really dive into that when he comes on the podcast, and we're buying another track. So that's going to be a whole story we're going to be bringing y'all, kind of give you the updates on that. We're getting more west of where we were in Sullivan County. We're getting over to Harris County, Missouri. Really cool piece of property, and, man, we're going to bring you plenty of deer and turkey stories on that thing because it is a bad-to-the-bone piece of property. We're going to be doing food plots and and corn and, and, and getting that place in expert shape. I can't wait to tell you all the stories of that, and Ryan and I are really going to dive into that uh, in that part of our what's going on with us buying uh, buying property up there when he's on the podcast. So y'all have a blessed day. We're going to uh, ease on off of here and go show some property, hopefully sell some property, and y'all be safe out there. And good luck to everybody starting Louisiana season this weekend. Hey, thank you for listening to the Hunting Landman podcast. If you will, take a moment, give us a five-star written view, guys. This really helps us out. And if you know anybody you think will be interested in this podcast, please share it with them.